0: Welcome to the Stacking Slabs podcast. Join Brett to get the latest sports cards investment advice, hear from industry experts that are deep in the trenches, and find out when to turn left when the rest of the market is going right. Get eBay ready. Get PayPal ready. Let's be students of the game and stack those slabs. What is up? Welcome back to Stacking Slabs podcast, your hobby content alternative. It's Friday, and you know what that means. I'm coming at you with another conversation with a collector that matters. And I got my man Bennett at Devin Current37 on the IG on this episode. And we are going to talk about his PMG Green Chasing. Hey, you remember that PMG Duncan that was up for auction on Golden Last? Yeah, he's the guy who won it. So you're going to want to listen to this episode. If you like what you've been hearing on the podcast. Hit that subscribe button. Leave a review. Tell me how I'm doing. Seriously, I'd love to hear from you. You signed up for the weekly rip? Link is in my IG bio, or you can hit the link in my show notes. You ready for some PMG green combo? This is your spot. Let's kick it to the conversation. What is up, everyone? Welcome back to the show. I am excited. I am joined by Bennett. He goes by Devin Courant, 37 on IG I'm excited for this conversation we got a chance to connect briefly in Dallas and when I met up with a group for dinner, I did not know Bennett was going to be there and we've never really interacted much um, but when we got to talking, I quickly realized you know what I've seen you before and I've saw saw you on an episode of uh, cardboard Chronicles Josh's show um, that was uh, a couple years ago so it was it was nice to connect. It was nice to uh, talk cards. And so we are going to talk cards in this one. And I know there's some big ones that uh, he has picked up. We're just going to get into just a nice conversation around collecting. But without further ado, Bennett, how are you doing today?
1: I'm doing great, man. Thanks so much for having me on the show, Brett.
0: Yeah, absolutely. So maybe we jump in with this. I think you know, one thing I was listening back before we jumped onto your conversation, I guess, you know, it was two years ago that you had with Josh. And one of the things that I think stood out to me in that conversation was, uh, you were talking about your background and you're talking about how like you learned just on the investment side, just learning on in the stock market, learning and investing at early age, you learned how to deal with people through other jobs. So I think those like, qualities are that we pick up along the way that might not have to do directly with sports cards do play a pivotal role in how we deal about deal with interacting with sports cards so maybe like just for people who don't know you share some background on you and just kind of like you know the the general like hobby history for you
1: yeah I'll, I'll keep it brief i uh i'm 34 i've got a wife um and a one-year-old and a three-year-old i got back into the hobby four years ago call it and I just got in for the purpose of making money very baseless I know many people would chide me for that but you know I made some good money in about a year or two and I I felt very uh, like unhappy like I made a bunch of money but rather than leading to like happiness and contentment it just led to like a greater desire for more money and I was really just discontent really uh, kind of not finding joy in you know stuff that I feel like was going to bring me joy and so I kind of reached a moment where I was like, okay, like, do I want to just leave the hobby altogether? It was bringing out the worst in me. Um, I was not liking what I saw from the hobby in certain aspects with altered cards, just manipulation and stuff like that. So I kind of said, okay, I've made so many good relationships here that I would not want to leave. Um, what if I just tried to just collect for nostalgia rather than focusing on ROI? Just going kind to of take a step back um, and collect different types of cards. So I said, okay, let's, let's click for nostalgia. I was a 90s kid. Let's pick some players that I liked watching as a kid. And so I'll stop it there and I'll give you the story on what I knew about the PMG green. So a year into collecting, maybe not even a a year, someone recommended blowout forums to me to kind of get informed on stuff. So I joined blowout and very instantly I found out that there's this thing called a PMG green. Um, I feel like it came up in like every thread I read um, and people would like, ooh, and ah over it. Some people hated it. I saw pictures, I never really got it. And then I got to learn more about the card and kind of importance to the hobby. And then back in February of I think it was 2019, and, uh, an altered Michael Jordan hit eBay auction through PWCC and the hobby went crazy. Uh, people on Instagram were throwing watch parties and people on the forums were talking about it. And everyone loved this card. And so I was just kind of like, man, everyone loves this PMG Green. And I saw pictures and I still don't like it. Well, then I saw a video. Someone posted a video of it on Instagram. I think it was a real 27 guy. And I read Tony Kukoc. And I was like, that's a cool looking card. And so I said, okay, if I'm going to go collect for nostalgia, I want it to be something really cool. There's only 10 of these PMG greens. That's rare. Did a bunch of research. Maybe like half or maybe a little less than half the set. There's 123 players in the set. Almost half of them have never even sold publicly. So I kind of said, not only is it a rare card, but some of them never even sold publicly. So I can get into this. So I said, let me pick like five or ten guys and just try to go get them. And so, I picked a Keith Finhorn was on my list. And so I did a Google search. And long story short, let me do this guy over in France. And his name's Ken Chen. He's on Instagram. He's a Keith Finhorn super collector. And so I bought it from him. And I got the card in the mail and I opened it, it was in my office. And I was so like starstruck from it. I looked at it and I was like, is this fake? Like, it looks so cool. Uh, and I didn't know that they were going to be textured. I, I didn't, it's not really revealed in the kind of the pictures. And so like all day at the office, I couldn't stop looking at it. And I was so like enthralled by it. And so that just made me want more. And so I did a search for more and I got to meet some really cool people and found out that uh, the car means a lot to them. And they had great stories about how they got it, how long they've had it for and uh, how much the car meant to them. And so they wouldn't sell it. So that just made me even want it more. You know, some people were saying, some people wouldn't even share a picture with me because they'd say, there's no point. Like, I'm not going to sell it to you. I'm going to die with the car. And I was like, Those are pretty big words. So here I am two years later into collecting the PMG green and I've got 30 of them plus four duplicates. And it's, uh, it's been as much fun as it's ever been.
0: So, so I definitely want to stay on the positive note and we're going to dig into that journey you have, you have with PMG green, but I think what I do want to touch on, and I think so many people enter or reenter the hobby and it's all about money, right? It's all about trying to flip cards, make money, um, and, you know, keep that train rolling. Um, you said like you were doing that and it wasn't making you happy. So like, can you maybe share some perspective on like what was going on in your world that like led you to like, be like, this sucks. Like, I'm not even sure if I want to do any, do it anymore. And then like, what was that like pivot? Was it the PMG moment when you had the realization where you're like, let me just start collecting from a nostalgia perspective, share some perspective there.
1: Yeah, you know, so I was making money in the hobby, but my jealousy had like never been higher. So when I'd see someone else, make money or make more money. They had a better card. I was like, I was so jealous. And I'd rather be happy and celebrate that person. Even if it was someone I liked. Um, you know, there's so much, I guess, ego involved. And, you know, I, I have a big faith. Like, you know, my relationship with God is what's always brought me the most joy. I'd say always, the last probably 15, 20 years. And I really kind of strayed in that relationship with him and kind of finding and really seeking him in that. So I was just kind of in it for the money. And I just, again, found myself so empty by it. I was putting money first over relationships with people. And this really was just a very empty feeling. So, like I said, and so I, I kind of had a bunch of money in cards and I was like, should I just sell it all, to liquidate and just go elsewhere? And I didn't want to do that. And so I liked the communal aspect of the hobby. I liked that I already had some friendships I wanted to maintain. And the PMG Green, you know, when I go approach someone to go buy their PMG Green, I'm a, I'm a huge basketball nerd as it is. And I should have prepped with that. So that was why I wanted to go buy some you know, more common players that I grew up watching. So I go talk to them and, you know, we connect over like, oh, this is my favorite, you know, like Larry Johnson. I loved XXX. So I love talking to guys about kind of what the player meant to me, PJ Brown, stuff like that. Um, and so I love connecting with player, collect- uh, player collectors over kind of the player. I don't watch them up.
0: I can relate to that on the nineties uh, basketball front, just players you grew up with, and I think when we sat down at a table together, you had just picked up was it Rodney Rogers? Was that the green you that yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, man. I might
1: it have I, it on. No, I don't have it on me. I'm sorry. I thought, I
0: might that. That's all, but I thought that was so cool because it was like here here goes a player that I haven't even thought about in, you know, maybe a decade plus and that, you know, you were jacked up because you you had walked into the Dallas Card Show before the show started and did you did you see it like sitting there in a showcase
1: so it's the funniest thing i was just walking um looking to meet up with dennis or josh and i was like it was like a the back corner of the showroom it was walking and it's like a small there's two guys right next to each other had one case each and i just kind of go up i'm just thinking i'm not going to see anything and i just see the green sitting there in the back of his case. i just look up at him and i just say what is that and he's like oh this is a pmg green uh, these cards don't really grade well. That's why it's a six. This card, and I'm sitting there being like, I know they don't grade well. Like, I can't get a PSA six in my life. Um, and so, dude, yeah, I, I was, I was completely floored, and, and I was, I was so excited to get it.
0: So then you're on this like almost impossible quest or journey to try to obtain the whole whole set. And obviously, there's only ten of each player. Do you? And you've come across so many people. I'm guessing through this hunt do you have a good feeling or idea on where some of these cards are that you don't have, but desire and play People won't sell them or like, talk to me a little bit about just like your hunting and journey through this. Like what, where do you currently sit? Are you still like, like on the pursuit? Are people denying you? Like what's the day to day like for a PMG green hunter?
1: The day-to-day life—it's very frustrating. I have at times had to just take a step back because it's a lot of failure. It's a lot of no, don't even talk to me. And I totally get it. You know, when someone tries to come at us for a grail card, we shut them down. So you have to be kind of understanding of that. Um, Like I said, I've talked to a couple guys that won't even show it to me, right? So like, what I'll do is I'll message people on like just random people on eBay if they have like a rubies or a red PMG of a player, I'll just message them say, hey, do you have any PMG greens? And they might say, yes, I have one, but it's not for sale. And I'll say, I understand like, can you tell me the player is? And I may, I'll just make an offer. You don't have to and say, no, it's not, you know, those completely dismiss me. So I've gotten plenty of that, which is fine. But you know, I probably have maybe like 15 that I know of. I wouldn't say that they're, they're in play because right now they've told me, you know, I'm not going to sell it. ever. So of your hope. So but they're more or less like it's a conversation. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, one guy like has three of a player and he still won't sell them. And I'm like, Hey, look at the market, you know, it's kind of tanking. Like you should, you know, you should maybe look. And he's like, no, like, you know, these are, these are mine. Like I'm not going to sell them. So things have probably never looked more bleak from that perspective, as far as like being able to complete the set. Um, Cause you know, probably the 15, I kind of have an idea of where they are. They're starting to let them go, but you know, I have to be okay with that and and not pressure the seller. You know, I think there's a lot of respect that you need to have. And not being pushy and, and respecting that the card means a lot to them. And, you know, one thing I, I should touch on is, after I got probably 10 PMG greens, I posted a couple on Instagram and I, of course I get inundated with player collectors of that person wanting to buy. Um, And it's, it's sad to see like, it's it's like, okay, I'm taking a PMG green out of the market. That's like one less player collector. That's their grail. They don't get to have that car. So that was kind of hard to come to grips with. That kind of like hit me like 10 in, but you know, I'm buying it for a good reason. You know, I'm buying the car means a ton to me. Like Glenn Robinson, like, I love Big Dog growing up. He was one of my favorite players. That card engenders so much nostalgia to me. And I'm not, you know, buying it with the intention to flip it to some player collector or to some other guy that's gonna pay the most money. It's like I'm buying this a very long term perspective to hold it and to have it.
0: I love Big Dog. I think uh you know, growing up in Indiana, I gotta watch him play quite a bit. And I think those are the connection, not only are the cards badass, they're limited, but then they bring these moments of I haven't thought about big dog in a while. And now I'm thinking about how dominant of a scorer he was in college and you know, his, him on the box. And I think those moments of nostalgia that sets and cards can bring in the chase for them is super special. Um, I know we're, we're gonna tease. I, you picked up a monster recently and we're going to spend a lot of time talking about that. But before I do, do you have any fun or interesting stories? about other greens that you have picked up along the way that you want to share?
1: And that's a good question. Um, I'll talk about PJ Brown. So I bought a PJ Brown from a guy in Korea. It was, I think it was when I had less than 10 and he had posted on Instagram and it looked really clean. And uh, I messaged him and I just said, you know, I'm interested in buying your PJ Brown. And he said, no, like I would never sell. It's like a 25 year old best friend or it's like a 25 year, like long-term best friend. And I was like, okay, I understand. And I said, I'll pay you $5,000 for it and I'll email you the FedEx shipping label. So you have no shipping liability, no whatever. And that's what I've had to do to land the greens because no one wants to sell them. So like most of the ones that I've bought, especially in the beginning I would offer blind before I even saw a picture of it, because I don't really care of the grade. And pretty much everything I bought is raw. So it's kind of like, okay, I'll offer you this. So they know I have good intentions, right? Like I'm not trying to get a better deal and I offer an aggressive price and I'll even say, look, I'll email you the shipping label. So you have no liability. You're like, you just put it in there, send it to me. So the PJ Brown, so the, and I after five when, you know, the market on commons was like under 2000. So I had to pay up at first to get a lot of what I have. But again, my perspective was long-term. Like I want to hold these cards for a long time. So, you know, even if let's say I bought the PJ Brown, let's say in six months, one comes on eBay and it's looking to suffer like two grand sure like i overpaid by three grand but like i got to have that car for six months like i got i enjoyed having a card for six months like there's some enjoyment that comes with having cards that i think that we should expect to pay for
0: yeah i think that's that's a topic that i've heard uh chris talk about uh recently and that i think is important is just like the utilitary value of card ownership it's like for me i've been it's, it's Monday as we're recording this, like I've been on zoom calls and meetings all day. And, you know, when I do get a 15 minute break in the action, like it's really nice to go up to my hobby room and go grab my cards and take a look at them and just look at the, what's written on the back. And even though I've seen it maybe a hundred times, just still that, that experience of, you know, spending some time with cards, like people don't really talk about that, but like part of the, when I buy a card, that's like, that's expected value that I'm getting from it. You know?
1: Yeah. A hundred percent. Very well said.
0: Um, So let's talk about your monster because I, I think I almost had diet Coke come through my nose when I realized <laughs> that's when we were, when we were uh, sitting at a table together, but you, we were talking about the Rodney Rogers and uh, I don't know if Josh said something or you said something, but then I quickly realized like you were a big PMG collector and then as we get in the conversation, like you, you disclose that you, you had just purchased the uh, Tim Duncan PMG green. That was on golden auctions that I think probably the entire hobby knew about. And I before, like while that card was up for auction, like the amount of people commenting on it was unique. Cause I, I thought I, when I saw it, like sure there's always big cards on golden, but that one specifically, like, I think the collectors came out to comment on it. People started to talk about Duncan and how that was Duncan's best card. And it's right around the time of, you know, hall of fame and all this stuff. And it was like pretty significant. Like it felt like a really significant moment in the hobby. And then I'm sitting there and we're chatting. And then all of a sudden I realized like you were the guy who made the play and owned that card. So first of all, like, congratulations, like what an incredible card. I'd love to just, start from like moment of card being listed to you being notified. Just like talk us through that entire experience.
1: Yeah. So I checked golden auctions uh, you know, the night the cards were listed. And I my first search is always uh, a metal gym. Because sometimes the PMGs don't have PMG in the title. So I would search Metal Gym and that usually comes with And I saw a Duncan Green BGSA. And my first thought I saw it I was like, well I never it. Because I thought I was going to go like north of three hundred thousand dollars, so like I'm I'm out. Um, And you know, a couple of days go by, and I'm like, and the market kind of softens. You know, interest rates started rising in March, and the car market kind of softened thereafter. And uh, and then Biden announces that there's going to be maybe like uh, he proposes like a high capital gains rate, and uh, the market kind of starts softening more. And I'm like, hey, like I think this thing's going to go under three hundred thousand. And I kind of looked at what I had, kind of looked at finances, um, and was just kind of thinking. And I know where a lot of the Duncans are. You know, Duncan was the premier rookie in the set. So he's kind of got the RC by his, his name on the checklist. So when those things were bold, when those boxes came out, everyone kept Duncan. So Duncan's been in circulation and it's transacted a lot. And so I know where nine of the 10 are, or I knew where eight of the 10 are, then there was one on gold, and of nine. And so I was just kind of like, so I messaged friend, um, I should say that I know through someone or I know directly about uh, And I messaged a friend, uh, I said, Is your you know, is your friend gonna keep his dunking forever? And he's like, Yeah, he's gonna keep it forever. And that was like my last kind of shot I, I getting one. And so I was like, okay, it's, it's kind of now or never, I think, for this one. And so I uh was thinking, you know, what's the most amount willing to spend, what's the most I'm willing to spend and uh put in a bid and I was Still pretty surprised I won it for what I wanted for my is history. I the auction ended and man, it was such a such a sigh of relief. I went in the woke up my wife. I was screaming off this month <laughs> and that was so. It was a, it was a fun night and it's been it's been really special to have the car.
0: What what time what with extended bidding? Was there extended bidding or like what time was it for you when you realized you you were the winner?
1: Yeah, so the, it went into extended bidding, I think it got bumped twice. So it was only like an hour into extended bidding. So I think it was like ten thirty or eleven, maybe, and uh, yeah, it was it was pretty special. I I was not going to stay up past eleven. Um, I was going to stay up past midnight. I said because I was going to go higher. I had my number. Yeah, man. When it when that thing went zero, I was I was so excited. I was elated.
0: the card obviously came to you. What were the feelings like when you you know mail ultimate mail day PMG Dunk Duncan arrives? Like, what kind of feelings are are running through? through you when you were opening, opening up that thing?
1: And so the eye appeal was better than I was expecting. It was, I was very, very pleased with it. Cause some of them, you know, so the edge chipping doesn't really bother me at all on those. And it still doesn't, but some of the, sometimes the service can have a lot of chipping or if there's like a refracted line or like some smudges, which some of them have. And you know, all I'd seen like picture I'd seen was the scan on gold. So I never asked for more pictures because I guess to an extent I, I didn't care. Like I still want my value is going to be the same no matter what. So when I got it. It was just a uh, man. I took the thing, let the sun shine on it. And it was just uh, held it under so many different lights and took tons of pictures with it. And it was uh, it was pretty awesome. man. it was it was cool. So I actually flew up to flew up to Golden to pick it up. And I was at the I was at the airport and I was at a restaurant head out on the table. I was taking pictures and the server comes by and he was like, dude, is that a PMG green? And I was like, <laughs> yeah, it is. And he's like, "Dude, I gotta get my boss. He collects too." And so the the boss came out, and they knew what it was, and they were so we talked about it. So that was kind of like the coolest part of the whole trip. So uh, they were so that was that was really fun to geek out over.
0: That's awesome. I think you know, getting that in hand, being excited about it. Um, great story. Obviously, like I think I might be just because I happened to chat with you face to face, learn that you acquired the card. Then couple weeks later three weeks maybe a month I don't know but eventually you know I saw on your account you I don't know if it was your like you going public with hey I'm the guy who got got the card but you posted the card what was the response like for you when you like finally posted the card on Instagram
1: yeah it was really cool man I, I got so many encouraging messages um people saying how like how important the card was to the hobby which I guess is cool um I mean I mean you know I definitely like that but I want everyone to have their own opinion about cards, I guess, just because a card is a hype dollar doesn't mean that it's important necessarily or that it's um, a great card. But uh, a lot of people said really encouraging things and they're happy. They know I'm collecting the set. And uh, you know, some people were kind of like, you know, I was really debating on bidding on that backed off but it was you to want it. So that was cool to get a few messages from people. I don't know who the underbidder was still. So it's been pretty special. Yeah. I think I waited probably three or four weeks to post it. I didn't know if I was going to or not, but yeah. Yeah,
0: I, I think it was it was just nice to see it in the feeds. And I just I think I like I reposted it and then I looked and it was like, you know, maybe a few hours later it seemed like everybody was re reposting it. it just and it was just a moment of excitement because it was like in the buildup of it, everyone was talking about it. And then I think now that people saw it, it was in someone new's hands and maybe some someone who people were familiar with through the blowout forums or just Instagram interactions. I think that was just a cool moment of seeing a card on a big platform than end up in a collector like you's hands.
1: Yeah. I appreciate it a lot, man. Yeah. It was, it was awesome to get so much good support and I've had some, I've met some really good friends throughout the process and a couple of guys that have really helped me and my journey of getting more PMG greens. So it's been really cool to have support for that. And, you know, people knowing that I'm collecting as a collector and not, you know, just trying to get something to flip it in a month or two. So it's, it's brought a lot more meaningful relationships.
0: So what's, so what's next for you with PMG greens? You don't know, or are you just, you still hunting? Like what, what, what's you got, you don't obviously don't need to share, but do you have leads? Like how, how are you feeling today about like your next steps with that pursuit?
1: I oh, know I'm still all gas, man. I'm still messaging people, um, messaging random people on eBay. Again, if they post like a rubies or if I notice they have a bunch of cards of like the same player, like nineties cards or like credentials, rubies, um, I'll message them and say, hey, do you have, by any chance have any PMG Greens or know anyone else that does? And so let's do a couple here and there. Um, I've got a I've got a good friend overseas that helps me with leads um, whenever anything kind of services. I don't know how he does it, but he, he's he's brought, he's brought me a couple now. I don't want to mention his name to give away a lead, <laughs> but uh, you know who you are. He's been good. And then I've got, a, I guess I've met a couple of good friends, like Mark Sirotensky. He's a market collector. He's one of my best friends in the hobby. Nelson Yu. It's also been really supportive of my journey. So whenever there's anything on Facebook, they tag me. So yeah, I mean, it's been. A, I'm still really, really pursuing. You know, one thing I'm, I'm debating about is is if I should keep spending money on on dupes. You know, I uh, when I first started buying greens, some people would be like, "I won't sell, but I'll trade for the green. So I was like, "Okay, let me just buy anything I can." So like I said, I have I have a few dupes, but then I've tried to trade, and now people won't trade for me. So now it's kind of like, okay, maybe I should just stick to what I don't have. And yeah, I mean. The market, you know, kind of stays stagnant or goes down a little bit more over the summer, then we'll see if any of these guys get weak handed with theirs and sell. You know, one thing that's been so hard is as I want to get as many as I can. So I kind of fight the battle of like, okay, do you want to win these things on auction? Because it might push the price of like commons higher. So like, I haven't won the last like five on eBay auction because I don't want to risk pushing the prices higher because I already have some in play and I'm just kind of working against myself on those that I have in play. So like, I wanted Danny Ferry on eBay auction back in December. And I feel like that moved the mark a little for commons. And it was like, well, that was stupid. You know, now like I can't get it, you know, now like graded commons or something for like $8,000. And it's like, I can't, I have no hope to complete the journey of graded commons or something for that. So anyways, it, I want to, I want to buy raw as much as I can because right, there's a thing on graded. So I don't really care what the grade is. I just want yeah. to the cards. So I, I can get it raw. That's, that's my ideal.
0: Yeah. It's, it's funny though, listening, that's just such a unique scenario where you're playing against yourself in many ways. And it's, you want to buy raw, but then I'm sure like you're in the position where if something pops up, it's like, you can't really be picky, you know, cause there's only so many.
1: That's exactly right. And that's, and that's exactly right. So that's like with the Duncan, that was kind of my, it's kind of my game. It's like, okay, there's me in premium. Cause it's a, it's an eight. Now granted the Duncan, it's, you know, it's a pop three with three graded higher. So you know, the A5 had hit auction, I definitely wouldn't have won that. So it was nice to at least get one greater that I can afford, I suppose.
0: Totally. And, And maybe we round it out here, like with a couple of topics. I think one, like you've talked a lot about just people and like having support, whether it's just people like saying, like being happy for stuff you bought or just like your network of people that are looking out because they know you're on a PMG pursuit, just in your like evolution of being in the hobby. I think you've led with talking about like just the importance of connections and, you know, it's cards, but it's the community. Like how important have relationships been just not only to your obtaining some of your cards that you're chasing, but just, you know, people you're meeting along the way? Like how important is that to you?
1: Oh, man, it's everything. And I know it sounds cheesy, but like it, it's just, you know, I would not still be in the hobby if it weren't for the people in the first place. I wouldn't continue the pursuit if it weren't for the people in their relationships. You know, we're meant to be in community with other people. And that's why I think the card market's so strong because there is a sense of community. You now I was in the stock market for years and there's really not that. You know, you can get on some, some boards, but, you know, those message boards is kind of where, you know, the quorum goes to die a lot of time. And so you don't believe, that's kind of all your, inter, that's kind of all your interaction. And so, you know, getting to meet people, go to shows and message with them directly. Um, hearing what they're collecting. Just again, sharing stories like, you know, man, I love PJ Brown. He was in those battles with the Heathen and so, you know, just sharing that. it's it's all about that, and just kind of living through those moments, so man, I'm so thankful, thankful for everybody
0: that's awesome um and then maybe like let's close it out here the we I, this has been good because we haven't even really talked about any like hobby current news headline stuff that everyone's talking about, but I think you you've shared some perspective where it's like you you've were doing something that didn't necessarily make you happy, and then you pivoted into just like going all in on this pursuit and you found happiness through it and you're collecting, like what kind of advice do you have for anyone? Just like maybe who are down on cards right now, because there's a pullback happening and like not everything's going to the moon because that's not realistic for that to be the whole time. But people who are questioning, like, should I be in this or should I not? Like you've kind of been in that, a similar spot in your journey. Like what advice would you have to anyone who's like, in the middle of trying to process everything going on right now?
1: My advice rather than, you know, any card advice of what to buy would be don't ever let anyone else's happiness affect your happiness. So just because someone's making X on this or they're doing this with their collection, don't have FOMO and go buy that. So you can, you know, so if they experience this then you can experience the same thing, you know, so when I started the green hunt, again, I just wanted to buy five or 10 and it grew into what it is, but I, uh, there's so much noise in the hobby. Um, there's so, there's so much noise. And so like one thing I've done over the last couple of years is I've unfollowed a bunch of people that I think are fine people. Like I like them, but you know, if they're posting you know, Instagram stories, this is undervalued check out what I just paid for this and look at where it is three months from now. I don't want to see that. That has no relevance for me. Um, I don't really follow much hobby content at all. It's usually like kind of state of the union stuff. And I don't, I don't really care. Like, I don't really care what the price level of Ron Chrome is. That has no impact on me. And, I, you know, all this all this, and that with what PBCC did here, what golden prices were here, I just, uh, you know, to be blunt, I just don't really care. It doesn't really affect me. And just to any new entrant or anyone that's debating what to do in a hobby, just block out the noise. Keep to yourself. Stay in your lane. If an, if some, if an account is, con, is, is recurring, not bringing you happiness, unfollow them. There's no harm in unfollowing someone. You can still maintain friendship with someone and just not follow them on Instagram. So yeah, just avoid the noise.
0: I, I love it. Avoid the noise. There's a lot of it, but then on the other side of it, there's a lot of very passionate people who are in it for the right reasons, who we all learn a ton from every day. And I, I just love the passion, love the pursuit. Bennett, thanks for spending some time. Everyone, Go check him out at Devon Currant37. We didn't even talk about your ha- we didn't even talk about your handle, which is, I think, one of the best in the hobby. Um, and he he did, even though he just got out of it, he did have a hell of a exit. I'll I'll tell you that. Did you, did you watch much basketball this weekend?
1: Oh yeah. I've been watching some. Man, it's been great games.
0: I gotta ask, out of the uh, four teams left, who who do you think is gonna walk away with with the trophy?
1: Man, I think it's Milwaukee's to lose at this point. I think Milwaukee's going to take it pretty easily. But I've been wrong plenty of times in the past, so we'll see. Health will be a determinant, um, and if Chris Paul comes back you know, and he gets playing the game without the COVID restrictions, you never, you never know. Phoenix might, might take it, but I think it's going to be Milwaukee's.
0: I tend to agree with you at this point, but thanks again, man. I appreciate you sharing the story, and uh, we'll talk to you soon.
1: Thanks, Brett. I appreciate it, man.
0: Man, I had a ton of fun learning about that journey. Wow, just incredible. The people you meet in the hobby, that's for sure. Go check out at DevinCurrant37 on Instagram. If you like what you're hearing, hit that subscribe button. I'll be back next week with more Stacking Slabs podcast. Take care of yourself. Take care of others around you. Peace out.